Into the wild I'll go and into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Into the wild I'll go Into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. It's been a wild freedom craving a circle of wild women who get it? Join our private membership and experience what authentic sisterhood feels like. Along with 11 monthly calls and workshops, access to our coveted Radical Birthkeeper directory, and the wisdom of hundreds of women all over the world at your fingertips. Now more than ever, it's time to find your sisters and keep them close. Apply at freebirthsocietycourses.com slash membership. This week, we have Noriko from Japan. Noriko's spirit babies communicated with her from a young age, and she always knew that part of her soul's path was to create a family. Her journey through her pregnancies and two births asked her to travel to dark places, shedding old patterns and beliefs, and finding her way through to happiness and wholeness, rebirthing her spirit again and again. This week, Noriko tells us about the sweetness of a fully supported postpartum and having the crucial piece of heart tending from a fellow RBK graduate. I love Noriko's stories as they offer insight into the mother's journey and the ripple effects that free birth has on our families, our communities, and the world. Welcome, Noriko. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. And we both both birthed babies and were pregnant in similar times and had you in the school and it's just so wonderful to have you on and to be connecting with you again. Thank you, Emily. So take us to the beginning. This was your second baby. And so tell us about who you were when you became a mother for with your first son. Yeah, it's, it's a matter of where does birth begin, right? But um, I was born in Kenya at home in my my mother's bedroom and Hmm. um yeah I guess it all starts from there it's like uh I've always known that uh finding my partner and um birthing my babies or just creating family is like the one of the huge soul purposes that I have so that's been a huge theme in my life and um yeah so when I was 14 I connected with my spirit baby 
it was a girl. And I was really, really excited. And through the years, I've been concentrating um, on connecting with her, like um, more and more information is coming, you know, maybe I can hear the name or, you know, more about her personality is coming through. Mm. And it's kind of, um, it's really funny because I also was downloading what, what my husband was going to be like, you know, um, what country he was going to come from, maybe his name, these kind of things were coming through. And then like just following what the universe is telling me to do next, 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 next. And then um, I met my husband and he's not what I imagined him to be. Like everything essential is there, but he mm -hmm. looks different. And, and like, he's Japanese and like, oh my gosh, you know, this is not the guy. But um, we got together and, and then my baby came. Mm. Thing is, it was a boy and it was not the little baby that I was talking to. Mm -hmm. So um, it took me quite a while to kind of get used to this um, new relationship. And did you, did you find out the sex of the baby in the pregnancy? Yeah. And yeah. so did you experience disappointment? Like, what was that? What was that like? And, and I also wonder if you wish you had done that differently. Um, internally, like I know that everything is perfect. That was mm -hmm. how it was supposed to work out. But in my mind, my brain was um, saying, no, you know, um, I got pregnant before I got married. So I'm like, no, this is not the guy. No, this is not the baby. <laughs> but, but I'm so connected to my purpose that it's like my body is doing things, you know, I'm going places and meeting people, even though my brain is saying, no. Um, so I got into this relationship, I got pregnant and my body, like me, um, is saying, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And my, my brain took me a couple years actually to realign myself. But um, so I got pregnant and then after one month, I found out and um, I'm psychic, so I started talking to my baby and my husband also, and we were talking to the baby. I'm like, no, are you really sure you want to come? And baby's like, yes, earth doesn't have much time. I need to come right now. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And, and so in Japanese, different from English, we use um, different words for the different genders. Like men would talk a certain way, women a certain way. So my baby was talking in a very male way. And um, the image coming through was also male. So his energy is just um, very samurai-like. And yeah, there was no mistaking him. <laughs> yeah, and actually my second baby, um, we found out about him during my first pregnancy. So I was pregnant with my first boy and then um, probably six or seven months in, the second baby um, connected with me. And we decided his name and everything. Um, yeah, and it's, it's such a, an interesting story because my second um, was bringing so many messages, like numbers and names and, and just like the same message over and over. And it's still happening today. It's like, Ina is his name, my second baby. And 
ina in Japanese is one seven. Like ina. And so one seven would appear everywhere. Um, from two years back, before my first baby was born, like the second baby was sending messages just all the time. Wherever we would drive, the car in front would be one seven. You know, our hotel number would be one seven, all these things. My second, my first baby, sorry. Um, he was not the one I was waiting for, but he came and he brought so many, um, so much uh, healing and just bringing up all this ancestral stuff that had had to be fixed and um, all these these things that I had to look at were coming up during pregnancy. Um, and all this healing of ancestral stuff from my mother and grandmother, just lineal stuff. And, uh, and then I met this lady, um, this shaman lady, who's a radical birth keeper in the real sense. Um, we went to see her. She, she's, uh, she had 11 pregnancies. And with each pregnancy, she had huge spiritual experiences. And she became a shaman through her births. And um, when I first met her, I walked in the door and she said, oh, I think I know you. And I'll come to your birth if you want. And my husband and I, we were, we were going to do it at home, just the two of us. But I was um, going to meet different people who had um, home births to get more, you know, listen to their stories. And so we went to see her and, and she said, oh, I'll come. And then she told me that babies arrange a couple of months before birth, um, pretty much the situation that they want the birth to be. So like inviting different people into, into your life or like developing situations and stuff. And um, so I think my son called her to be at the birth. And so the... The birth was at home. It was my husband and I, and but all the the all the themes that I was looking at during pregnancy, all the issues that had come up for me, um, came up during the birth, like in that short space of time. It was forty hours, my first birth, but everything came up, and um, and ultimately, like two or three hours before birth, I just said, "Okay, everyone out of the room." And just me and this uh, this lady, the shaman lady called Miyuki-san, um, like taking rad I was taking radical responsibility for the birth. I told everyone to get out, and then and then the birth started to really get going. I finally got the baby out, um, and and Miyuki-san, how she was during the birth, she was she wasn't, you know supporting me or telling me to push or getting me things it's like she was just there and she was creating this safe space and protecting this energy my birthing energy from everyone else who was um you know coming or going or whatever and just believing in me that I could do it and um that that the way that she was um I've, you know, I've been through your school. It was so amazing. And her experience, her being there for me that way, led me 
to the path of, you know, medical birth keeper and um, going, yeah, working with birth and women. Um, what is the climate of home birth in Japan? What is it like or not like? And then I'm also wondering how you, you said you were planning until you met this woman to just do it alone with your husband. Like, had you had any, did you have any reference point for that? I mean, tell me more about that. Cause that's, you know, that's like fairly unusual to just be like, ah, we'll just do it. So I want to hear about what Japan's like, what the home birth climate's like. Yeah. And how you guys even got into birthing your first baby without the medical system. Okay, so um, I grew up in a family where we do not participate in the medical regime. Um, we've never been in the medical system. We do everything, you know, ourselves. And for me, I was like, of course, I'm going to birth at home. I mean, what other option do I have, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and my husband was also apparently kind of in, um, thinking along the same lines. And so when I got pregnant, I was like, of course, I'm not going to. I am not going to and and it was my first birth you know I don't have any reference point for experience so I did a lot of research I studied I uh, went to meet people and you know people are like oh that's so um so unrealistic and you know uh, irresponsible so yeah I wanted to make sure I did everything that I could so that, you know, I wouldn't be irresponsible. Um, but Japan, before the war, 70 years ago, um, everyone was born at home. But uh, part of the, 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 the politics America brought in, they brought home birth to a stop because they realized that birth at home Feed stronger babies and also connects them to their mothers, right? So it's like how to break down a, a country. Um, you stop home birth, you change the education, you know, um, change the food. These are the main, um, really, really big things that they did to break down Japan. And um, so today we have like 0.2% home births, I think. And um, there's more and more people around me that I know that are choosing home births, or at least um, with like a doula or midwife. But probably 90% of the people um, don't even know about um, midwives. Like it's only hospital, that's all they know about. So there's lots for me to, you know, I'm gonna get the message out there in Japan. That's That's what we're doing right now, but yeah did you know anyone else in your generation or even above you who who also was like your family that just doesn't engage with the medical model like did you know anyone else besides your own mother who was birthing at home well I was born in Kenya so you know most people in Kenya are just born in their huts um personally I didn't grow up with anybody um, that I knew like that, but so, yeah, I knew there were lots of people out there. 
<laughs> and so midwifery in Japan is not really a thing? Is it like even home birth, regulated home birth, is that a thing or it's just hospital and then there's some rogue attendance? Yeah. Yeah, it's just hospital. And then um, they're making it more and more difficult for midwives to have clinics and like, um, they're reeling all the midwives in to the medical, like uh, to be um, in comp like contract with the hospitals. So there's midwives at the hospital, but, um, and there are clinics, you know, just with midwives, no doctors, but very few. And in some, um, some provinces, there's even no midwives, so. And at the clinics, are they birth centers? Are, they, are women birthing there? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay, I mean, so it doesn't sound that different than a lot of other places. Mm. Yeah, okay, so, I mean, so I'm just trying to get my head wrapped around like your friend group especially with that first baby, mm -hmm. you're the only ones doing this. You're the only one birthing at home and. Well, um, sorry. Okay. So after I met my husband, um, around my husband, there's all these, you know, alternative, um, types of people, you know, farming at home, homesteading, birthing at home, um, around him, there are lots of people that I know that were birthing at home. Hmm. Well, not lots, maybe 10 or so. Hey, that feels like a lot. <laughs> yeah. <it is. laughs> yeah. Okay. So how does that birth shape you? I mean, having this fully supported, well-held container for your first birth and a longer birth. And who are you after that? It sounds like that's really when your, your fire gets lit about birth work yourself. Tell us about who you become after that birth into this most recent pregnancy mm, okay so um like I mentioned before I have always known that creating family is like um, what I was born to do and when I was very small um, I was homeschooled and my parents treated me as a small adult or you know as a, a whole person and they didn't baby me or anything and everyone else would treat me like, you know, a normal little baby who doesn't know anything. And from a very young age, um, I, was, I was saying, this is what creates war in the world. Like the whole situation, everything messed up. I thought it was because um, everyone wasn't treating children um, in the way they were born to be treated. Mm. I thought it was like education of children how you raise your children that was creating the situation in the world. And I, I was with that, um, that view until I gave birth to my first son. But through pregnancy and birth, I realized that actually the, all the problems created in the world, what I think is, it goes before that, it starts at birth. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what got me into the, you know, okay, birth is what I need to do. Mm -hmm. And I know that my soul, my soul path, I have this mission to birth babies um, as a representative of the human race. So it's like 
I am a symbol birthing the human race. And I understand that this is very, very um, important. I mean, all women are doing that, right? They're birthing their babies um, in a symbolic way, but I knew that really this is how I need to do it. I'm birthing, so I need to really, really make sure that the birth space, like everything about being pregnant, being a woman, being with this child mm -hmm. needs to be sacred, needs to be protected, and needs to be in a healthy way so that, you know, in the, in the, all the ripples, um, it will work out that way in the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really interesting because um, the universe has made it, has arranged it so that that can happen. With my first baby, um, I got pregnant and I'm a therapist. So all around me, I had these um, friends that were therapists, like really, really like top class um, therapists that I could go to if I was, um, you know, worried about something or, you know, I needed some help. I didn't have to go to a hospital. I could just go to my friends or I could check out, you know, um, vibrational medicine, whatever. And also my husband, we, we were creating this um, village, homestead village, um, educational place in Kyoto. And also my husband was um, working as a, what do they call those things? It's like a, somebody who goes and lives in the, in the countryside and tries to bring people back to the countryside. It's like, you know, it's, um, it's not a specific job. Like they don't give you, okay, you have to do this and this and this, but it's, um, it asks for creativity and imagination to bring people back and you get paid for that. So my husband was doing that. And so he was getting paid by the city hall. And so he would go to the city hall every week and they all knew him. And, you know, he, and, you know he's, he's the weird guy and he's, um, you know, uh, everyone's like, okay, he's, he's different. And so when I got pregnant, I hear about a lot of stories of women who have trouble with the government, like, um, you know, they, it's illegal, but they wouldn't give the birth certificate just because mm -hmm. they don't them or something, yeah. all these things. But um, yeah, so I was protected from that because my husband worked at the city hall and they, everyone knew him. So when I got pregnant and I'm like, I remember. Nice. oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> And I didn't get bothered by any social workers um, because I didn't, uh, you have to get this book before you give birth. You have to go to the social workers and they give you this, this book. It's like, you know, mother child book thing. Um, otherwise you can't get your paperwork after birth. So um, I didn't go until right before birth. So they didn't know I was pregnant. So they didn't bother me the whole time. Mm. And my husband and I, we, we talk about this a lot with people, but we feel that birth is like, you know, it's not all the woman, of course. It's like the, the man has just as much of a big job to do in this, the arrival of the baby. Um, it's just a different job. So my husband, um, we think that men's roles are to protect the space of the woman. So the woman can, you know, really concentrate on going deep into her spiritual experience into um, the birth world and just so he he would drive me everywhere I didn't have to use my you know um, my my lineal brain 
he would do all the paperwork, all the payments, just everything. And um, there was one incident where I had to go to the hospital for something while I was pregnant and he went with me. Every time, you know, um, after I got my book, the social workers, I had to meet them a couple of times. And so, you know, with all these kind of stressful meetings, he would be the one, he would always be there. He would do the talking. Um, and the social workers would have his phone number. And so I was really, really, you know, protected from any kind of weird communication with the outside. That was his job. And, you know, making sure I have everything I need, getting me places, just making sure I'm emotionally stable um, because I didn't have friends at that time. And yeah, he did an, a really, really good job in protecting me and keeping me um, happy while I was pregnant and also in the um, postpartum too. So postpartum, everything, you know, the universe arranged it. So I had Monica, who was also with me during the school. Mm. Um, she came postpartum to cook for a month or so. And, you know, so I was taken care of in that way. And everything was just arranged. It was just perfect. I wasn't bothered by anybody. And um, so the birth of my first baby and then postpartum. And then I had some really, really um, huge events in my life. The, um, my mother died and I had some problems in my pregnancy like postpartum one month and so it was a very stressful time after that for about a year and I was so um, not in alignment with my partner I was so angry and stuff and we it just um, it occurred that we had to leave where we were we had to leave our home and um, now we're living with my father um, but it was such a healing experience because as we were moving out, all these people came and this um, one shaman lady, our friend came and she danced to heal the land, to kind of, you know, cleanse everything. And she said, if there's anything you need to let go, just let it go. And so I let go all this um, anger and stuff I had towards my, you know, marriage. And it really, really just was disappeared. It was gone. And the next day, this uh, another friend came to do American drum for us and pray. He really, really prayed. And I really connect with the Native American um, uh, way of prayer. And so that was a really, really special experience. And then it was in the same spot outside, the, the dancing and the, the drum. And then the next night, nobody was around. And my husband and I, um, we, we, you know, um, I got pregnant. <laughs> the next you had, your, you had your own dance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. In the same spot. <laughs> same spot next yeah. night. So <laughs> yeah, all my resentment was gone. You know, I was connected with my soul. And the next night I got pregnant. And that was the answer for me. Uh, um, um, it told me that I am on the path. I am supposed to be with this man. Everything is going to work out fine. And that energy, that calmness, that, that healing, it really brought me back to myself. And I realized like this energy that's coming through is the same energy that I was connected to when I was 14. Mm. I think it was the same spirit. And the energy was so calm and 
also the messages we were getting um, because we believe that you know the second baby is a historical figure like he keeps sending these messages like I am da, da, da. and so um, the historical figure is a woman and so this energy coming through and everything I thought it was a girl and like you know from 14 I was connected to this girl so it's got to be a girl <laughs> and so um the second pregnancy all through the second pregnancy all the issues that came up during the first pregnancy came up like it's just you know going around it's good it's getting better better you mean like, like psychological issues or both physical uh, it's more um internal development i should say okay mm. um all the same things came up and then birth of my second son um it was four hours one tenth of the time my Ooh. first I didn't expect it to be four hours I was thinking okay maybe if I'm lucky 16 you know because the first time was so long and uh so I went to the hot springs we go there pretty much every day and as I was going home I felt my my baby screwing down into the pelvis I felt him descending and I got home and we're eating dinner and then contractions start three minutes apart I'm like oh maybe these are contractions and then 10 minutes later I am breathing I'm really deep in there and like okay everyone get out <laughs> and um and the second time around also the universe arranged so that it would be perfect um, I wasn't bothered by anybody. Um, nobody really um, knew or cared that I was pregnant. And my father, uh, my husband, husband's mother, my mother-in-law, um, came to be with us postpartum. So she arrived three or four days before the birth started. Um, and so I had my father, my mother-in-law, my husband, and me, hmm. and our son. And... Uh, and I, I mentioned this to you a long time ago. I pro you probably don't remember, but um, I've always wanted to birth on the kitchen floor. Like my ancestors in America, I'm half American. Um, you know, they went all the way across the continent in their wagon and like, you know, birthing on the kitchen floor. That's so special for me. <clears throat> and so I got the, the birth space ready. Um, I got the kitchen ready. It's all warm. And then um, contractions start three minutes apart, goes straight into the bedroom where my mother died, actually. It's the same room. Wow. And another thing I, I really, really, I think is special is that in Anne of Green Gables, they say a house only becomes a home when there's a death and a birth. Hmm. So my mother died in that house, in that room. And so I go straight in there and I start to really push. And... And then all the things that came up for me during pregnancy came up again during those four hours. It started with, you know, I didn't want to be born, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I feeling all this anger coming up because I feel like my babies are using my body to get to this birth and you know, all this deep stuff. And I got really scared, like, this is dark stuff. Called Monica up. And she, you know, it was the middle of the night, but she, she answered the phone for me and she said, 
And I told her what's going on. She's like, that's okay, let it come. And then that was it. I just needed to hear that. And then I let it come. And all these other things, these dark, deep transformations. And um, I would be able to really, I had to transform it before I could go to the next one. Yeah. And so it's building up. And, and then finally, it's like, I was, um, I, I was screaming out um, to the, I opened the window and I was screaming out to the night, God, I choose positive thoughts. I choose happy thoughts. And then the baby pew, came out. <laughs> so I really started with all this negative stuff and I transformed it. And then, um, and then finally, when I really, really chose to be happy, I chose to be happy, then baby came out. And it was really funny because like I said, it, I thought it was gonna be 16 hours or something and I hadn't taken my pants off. <laughs> so like, oh my God, what? And my husband later told me that, you know, with the sound of the voice, you can kind of tell how, how yeah. um, big you are. Um, and so he's like, I think baby's coming soon. Are you sure you don't wanna take your pants off? I'm like, no, I'm three hours in, you know? <laughs> no, baby's not coming. And then I felt the head emerge. Oh my gosh, get my <laughs> He's here. <laughs> and did so, you make it? Did you make it over to the kitchen? No, I didn't. I birthed <laughs> in that room. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was perfect. But the when I when I was birthing the first time, it was 40 hours. I was so exhausted. And this time it was only four hours, but I was just the same um exhaustion state. Yeah. Yeah, it was so intense. Well, it's big work. Whether it's yeah. it's also not all happening like in this plane. You mm, know, mm, there's definitely. so much happening in other realms. I think mm. the journey is the journey, whether it's mm. four mm. hours or 40. Yeah. Yeah, it's rebirth of your spirit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, God, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. So then a boy pops out. Yeah. And how does that go? Um, it was really dark. So I didn't see him at first. But <laughs> I didn't see the baby. Yeah. Um, and then my husband's like, it's a boy. And I was like, oh, that's fine. I was totally happy with that. Like the first time, you know, I had some reservations about if this is really supposed to be happening. But the second time was like perfect. And postpartum, it was um so peaceful. It was so he didn't he didn't drink um my at my breast for two days. He wasn't interested. Like Whoa. just there, you know, gazing peacefully at, at me. And um we had this really peaceful time. And then after two days, he's like, Okay, I'm hungry. <laughs> Whoa. So yeah. did he, he, did he even like suckle at all or did, was he just. I tried to, like I wasn't getting um, colostrum. Um, so I, at least I couldn't see it coming out. So I was kind of, kind of worried about that for a little bit, but uh, yeah, he just wasn't interested. And then after two days, he finally got interested. Yeah. Very, very peaceful. And um, 
and then my mother mother-in-law was there and she you know I was worried about maybe there's going to be some problems like her birth story is going to come up or um, she's going to try and you know take baby or whatever I hear stories of these things happening but um, she was very very traditional Japanese mother like not there but food is coming kind of situation Love that. <laughs> and she's she had her own restaurant she's a really good cook so like excellent meals really balanced like eight eight or different eight or nine different dishes and Amazing. Um, yeah, it was great. And Monica, I, I, um, so leading up to the birth, I had arranged everything. My nest building um, instincts were really, really full on. I made lists about um, what to do, like each role. You do this, you do this when birth starts. I made, um, you know, I sewed all the sheets. I organized everything and I made lists of like what my toddler likes to eat, how to make those recipes, what I like to eat postpartum, what I want to eat during birth. Like just, I wrote everything down. And um, so I didn't have to worry about anything when I was um, postpartum. I just laid in the bed for 10 days. Like in Japan, they say 30 days or 40 days, you just stay in bed and you don't move, but I can't do that. I have to move. So after 10 days, like I crawled outside and um, started walking around and stuff. But so I rang, I asked, um, I asked or rather uh, Monica offered to come for me postpartum. So after three or three days or so, um, she arrived and she stayed with us for a month. Mm. And so my husband was taking care of all my needs, you know, taking me to the toilet or getting me things or taking care of everything. My, my father took care of my toddler and my mother-in-law took care of all the cooking, dishes, laundry. And Monica was there for me, for my heart. Mm -hmm. So I could talk things over, she, you know, look at the baby. She gave me a massage and just all those things. It's like, it was so perfect and so wonderful. And I was so grateful. And it's like, you know, it's, it, there was there was stress. There were there were things that needed to be addressed, um, but I had all the tools and all the support I needed to address them. So, so it was perfect. You had like a full a full puzzle, like all the pieces. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. I think a lot of women. I know a lot of women overlook that piece. Mm -hmm. you know, like yes, you can hire the help or task the people, but where is the heart tending? Where is the touch? Where is the stories? Where is the ooing and aahing over the baby? Like those, yeah. those very um, womanly and like, yeah, like the word I'm here thinking is like kin, you know, like the, the women who are our kin, you know, mm -hmm. that, that do that. It's so, it's so important, such a significant puzzle piece. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so, then postpartum, um, all the issues that came up during pregnancy and birth came up again. It's like the spiral is getting better, it's getting bigger, but like over and over again, I address them and it improves. Just so much healing is happening for this whole journey. So, amazing. like, what does that mean? What does that look like? What does that mean? What's coming up? Um like 
I think um, during pregnancy, all the things that you need to address to become a, a whole person, a more complete, like developed human being that you need to address, that your soul needs to address. I think those things come up um, and it, it's birth, pregnancy, all these things are a huge chance for you to grow as a human being. And so I believe that like, at least in my experience, all these issues that I need to work on in myself come up during pregnancy. And then I work through them. And if I work through them, I feel like it's going to be a smoother, much smoother birth if, you, if I address them. And then with birth, all those things come up again. And it's like, you have to fix it now or baby's not coming kind of thing. It's just like the portal is open and you are connected to your spirit, to the universe. And that's the huge chance to move forward in your development. And um, yeah, and then postpartum, it's like the door is not kind of closing, you know, but um, it's integrating all that, that growth and all those messages that have come through yeah. into the postpartum and into the life that you're going to live after. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, just endless learning. So many um, lessons are brought through birth that you can use. And yeah, I felt like, so the pregnancy and birth really, really um, transformed me and, and brought me all these um, insights and um, all this new growth and then, um, and gave me the tools that I need. Like I wrote down all the, the things that came up for me during birth. Um, I pinpointed them and, and each one of them was a tool. Um, Monica made me this wonderful mobile for the baby and, and she put uh, these, um, these tabs hanging from it so um, I, could, I could write in each, uh, each lesson that I learned through my birth. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and so each one of those um, around 10 different things that came up for me during birth, I wrote it down. And like with, uh, with each, um, each thing that came up, like for instance, I didn't want to be born. Um, that transformed into um, like, I am here and this is supposed to be happening that kind of you know transformation and then that is my tool that mm -hmm. I can use all my life and so postpartum I've been able to um, use these tools like these lessons that I have learned and the same cycle again postpartum like all the same question is coming up for me have you really learned this and uh, um, are you ready to really really take it to the next level right transform it and and um, yeah, so it's, it's like, it keeps coming around like the seasons, but it's getting better and better and better. Yeah. I like the image of the spiral getting wider. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that's very, very well articulated. Mm. So what are some other big lessons that you feel like you've Trans, transmitted or, or been able to work with since this birth? The main theme for me has been uh, radical responsibility, radical self-responsibility. 
so yeah that's that's um that's i guess the main overarching theme and under under those themes like it has um, come up for me in different different ways but radical self-responsibility and you know we, we talk about that so much in the radical birth keeper school and having all those tools and all those women that we can connect with like the community that you've created and uh, it's been such such a huge help <laughs> yeah it's been yeah. great for real yeah. it is quite the quite the ripple effect huh mm. Because you don't you don't take radical self responsibility in one area and not somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we yeah. try, but that's not that's not the sustainable move. Yeah. That's right. Well, what else do you want to share, or do you feel, or do you feel complete? I'd love to hear a little bit about what your work lo looks like now and how how this has yeah just continued to support your work. Mm. Yeah, so um, until I gave birth, I was, I felt my work was in the, in the realm of um, children. How, how do you treat children? And I don't mean schooling or anything like that. I mean, how do you, um, what energy do you bring to the relationship with the child? And so um, just being with children and playing together, cooking together, all these things, um, homeschooling them basically um, and then integrating into their consciousness um, these lessons about self-worth like how you treat them and what energy um, will will make us like inside inside of the child subconscious choices or um, about who they are like, are they you know responsible are they worthy all these things like what energy you bring kind of changes how they are so I thought I was going to be um, changing the world in that way but with the birth I really realized that um, um, supporting mothers and babies is is my work so right now um, Monica and I, we've created this Facebook like group for um, Japanese women. Anyone who's interested in home birth, we, we put stuff out there. And I'm not ready yet to um, like do one-to-one one -one support yet because my you know, baby's still too small and stuff. So I'm just kind of seeing how it goes. But right now, my husband and I, we are living in the countryside where homesteading and creating this like this our land for the generations to come for our family and also the village that we are in um we are we're gonna create community bring people in and like yeah really really um create community take care of the land you know grow things and homeschool and you know create a school and all these things um and in that village vision that we have um, having powerful really really empowered um, masculine men and feminine women or I wouldn't say like like just having people who 
respect the masculinity and the femininity in each person and just taking taking care of that and having creating like uh, festivals or ceremonies for or like women's circles or things for men um, just in the everyday of that village and birthing um, having the postpartum support you know just the community for women so they can birth in the village like at home if they want to um, just kind of really really just creating this kind of I don't know what do you say like a new country or I just want to make the possibilities open for everyone who's interested in these end times you know yeah. or beginning times beginning times yeah beautiful birth times mm-hmm. mm. well how can women find you and learn more about you if they're interested I'm not really online I'm only on Instagram so um I can put my Instagram tag but um yeah, all the things we're doing in Japan are mostly just um, posted in Japanese. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm very happy to connect with anyone. So if someone's hearing this and they're Japanese and they want to join your birth group, would they just find oh, you right. on Instagram? Instagram, oh, right, Facebook group. Uh, Facebook birth group is um, actually... The name is in Japanese. I um, assumed. <laughs> yeah. Um, Itakushi-san hanasu community group home birth Japan is the name. So if they're Japanese, they can understand that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Loved hearing more into who you are, and I appreciate you acknowledging the you know, the underworld that comes mm. with, with motherhood and with birthing ourselves and mm. contending with our, our deepest. So much darkness, darkness. Mm-hmm. so much transformation. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Noriko. Thank you. that's it for today, my sisters. Check out everything we do, including one-on-one and group coaching, learn about our private membership, in-person retreats, and more on freebirthsociety.com. Our online courses are on freebirthsocietycourses.com, including our flagship course, The Complete Guide to Free Birth. Don't miss the Radical Birthkeeper School if you're ready to become the authentic midwife that women are searching for. Together we rise and the revolution starts inside each of us. I'll leave you with our Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honoured Eons upon light beams of survival Withstanding the eradication of our power by design I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me My sisters will no longer birth in captivity The picket line redefined from burning our wild women To paralysing us and drugging our babes 
strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts. Keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your fear. We choose love. Everything with intention. Death, ascension. I will fly and bring her back from the stars.